We business professionals want to stand out, of course. It's difficult enough to rise above the noise. It's even harder when you're getting started as a young professional or emerging business. Our guest today is a former senior executive with the Walt Disney Company and the Madison Square Garden Company. Now, he has started the Standout Movement, and there are lessons for pros at any stage. It's John Walsh, President and CEO of Standout X on the Manage Your Message podcast. Welcome to the Manage Your Message podcast, where professionals come for ideas and inspiration to grow by talking about their businesses more effectively and getting lots of other people to do the same. Here is your host, consultant, professional speaker, and author, Jim Carr. Come on in and welcome to the Manage Your Message podcast. I'm Jim Carr. I help professionals and entire organizations to get the most out of their everyday business conversations, the ones that generate by far the most growth opportunities. Most people and most teams are far more confident in the value of what they offer than in the messaging behind it, meaning the actual words, stories, visuals, and questions to bring into those conversations. The cruel irony is that the more you know and the more passionate you are about what you have to offer, the more frustrating and limiting the problem becomes. The good news is that you don't need special knowledge or personality traits to close that gap. It is a manageable business issue. That's what we address on this podcast and what I consult and speak about and what I wrote about in my book, The Science of Customer Connections, Manage Your Message to Grow Your Business. You can find it in paperback, Kindle, and audio versions wherever great business books are sold. You can also find a free sample on my website, jimcard.com. Today, we're talking about professionals who are just getting started or in transition. Our guest is John Walsh, a former senior executive in the Walt Disney Company and the Madison Square Garden Company. In those roles, John was highly involved in recruiting and managing young professionals and recent grads with exceptional promise. John's own path wasn't easy, as you'll hear. There were times of homelessness while in high school, failing out of community college, and basically having to start over. Now, John has a new vision, a new book, and a new movement called Stand Out to help and inspire students and young professionals around the world. Here's my conversation with John Walsh. John Walsh, welcome to the Manage Your Message podcast. Hi, Jim. How are you? It's good to see you again. Terrific. It's great to get reconnected. I want to tell our message manager listeners a brief story about how we were first introduced. We were both scheduled to be on the program at a career services event for a a top MBA program. In fact, you and I were both going to be on the program. Uh, The third keynote speaker is a prior guest on this podcast, John Spence. And there was this little thing, listeners, that got in the way. I think it's commonly referred to as a hurricane, which uh, came through and the event never happened. But I did get at least an opportunity at that point to become familiar with John. And at that point, John, you were an executive with the Walt Disney Company, as we talked about in the intro. Then you you went on and you were uh, with the Madison Square Garden Company. And now you have a whole new movement and community that we can talk about here as well. John, I just thought I'd go back into your recent experience You've participated in a lot of those recruiting and career development programs from your standpoint at the Walt Disney Company and Madison Square Garden Company. You've seen a lot of new hires, career switchers, 
people who are really trying to accelerate their career. If I may ask you, what have you seen today that is working well, but also what is lacking in terms of both from the standpoint of both that young professional and for hiring companies? Yeah, it's interesting because there is the good and the bad. I wouldn't say there's the ugly. Let's just call it the good and the bad. So the good is there is an abundance of talent out there. Just every year as we were hitting the recruiting trails for Disney and and Madison Square Garden and other places, it was it's just it blows your mind about just the talent and the abilities and the capabilities of the talent that's out there and and it's just amazing. So I think you know, one of the challenges for a recruiter is, well, how do you sort of sift through all of that talent to select the right person for the right role at the right time? That's a bonus that there's just a wealth of talent out there. And I think it's even more so now in, in the COVID world where there's there's a lot of talent out there looking for opportunities. The downside, I think, is that the talent is focused on specific things, which means that there's a gap elsewhere. And what I mean by that is, I see a lot of students coming out of school these days and young professionals starting their career and they have a major, they've got, you know, a wonderful internships, they've, you know, maybe done some extracurricular activities, but they're just not ready for day one on the job and they're certainly not ready for life itself and life does get in the way. And I think that sort of puts a, a cap on the the talent that they have and what they can do. So I think there's just, they're not prepared coming out of school. That's the first. The second is that they are expecting quick success because they see the success out there on social media. They're hearing about it from friends and family and that kind of thing. And so I think there's this expectation of quick success and which leads to the third, which is that there is, there's more information out there than you could possibly, you know, try to absorb. And all the advice and career guidance and life help is all out there. It's just, there's too much. There's just way too much. So it's hard to take it all in. So I think that's sort of the challenge is that you've got this great talent coming in, but is it really ready and optimized for the job on day one? Well, let's take those in turn then, an interesting perspective. So as you say, a lot of talent, a lot of raw horsepower, if you will, I see the same thing. It's very impressive to me about the capabilities and the enthusiasm and the passion that so many young professionals and professionals-to-be have. You mentioned a few things more like the traditional, might think of them as check the box, uh, table stakes, if you will, the things that you have to have, but having the internships, having evidence of persistence and uh, stick-to-itiveness through grades, other activities, the resume, all of those things would seem to be, again, table stakes. What are the things that you look for and that other organizations would be looking for that's beyond that? What are the things that were extra that can help a candidate or a job seeker get above the noise? I think you just touched on it exactly, which is we're looking for things above and beyond that. I think the first thing we do is as recruiters, and I'm saying this because I was an executive, a finance executive, but I led the recruiting functions for the finance organization at Disney when I was there. It was kind of one of the things we had to sort of pick up an HR type function. And so I led the recruiting efforts there, working in partnership with our HR and our casting teams there. But I think that's exactly it. We're looking for the things that are above and beyond. I mean, first of all, we want to check the box, right? We want to make sure that the resume, 
is the person that has shown up. We want to make sure that the person has shown up can do the job, obviously. And we want to make sure that all the other traditional things have been checked, right? That they're well-prepared and they're dressed properly and they've got the right etiquette and they have the right skill sets and all that stuff. And that's great. But you can imagine being on the hiring manager side, how many candidates come through. Like, so if, if on average there's 250 resumes for every corporate job, then it's like, how does a resume stand out? And then when five to seven candidates come in, how do you separate, you know, the candidates from each other? And I think that's really it. There's probably three things that I I like to think about three things that I kind of look for beyond the table stakes is I think you and I have talked about that before. And I love that phrase. I use it all the time. Uh, But I think there's three things I look for. And the first is I'm looking for someone who can bring the best version of themselves more often than the next person, right? And so you try to find ways as a recruiter to throw them off their game a little bit, right? And see, you know, how did they handle certain situations? How did their best self respond? When things are going really well, what is their best self? And I think you're looking for people that don't just do the job, but do the job exceptionally. So that's the first. The second then is I'm looking for a future leader. I'm not hiring someone for that role, in that role for the moment, right? Because that's very short-term myopic view. I'm also looking for someone who is going to not only come into that role, do a great job, but is going to ultimately is potentially a future leader for the organization. And the third is, you know, myself and other recruiters, we're looking for people that can make a difference. We want uh, candidates to come in and say, I can help you grow your business, improve on your product, change processes, you know, really make a difference in the organization. Because at the end of the day, we don't want to just hire someone to come in and do the job because as a recruiter, that's my name that's on, that's kind of attached to that candidate, right? It's a, why did you hire that person? They were okay, or they weren't okay or whatever else. So I'm kind of putting my reputation on there. So that's kind of what I'm looking for above and beyond excellence, more consistent than the other person, a future leader, and then someone who can come in and make a real difference in the organization. John, you mentioned social media. In many ways, I think if you're a candidate, you can look at different hiring organizations, different groups, and into their social media. You can get a sense of what they're all about. And certainly that's a way to position yourself, to get smart, show yourself in the right way, show that you're someone who can do those things that you just mentioned, John, but it also can be a trap. So I wonder your overall view about the role of social media today where do you think it helps and where can it really hurt, especially for job candidates? And then we can talk about that from the standpoint of the hiring organization as well, but especially for candidates these days, it plays such a big role. So what's the good and the bad there? I look at social media in a couple different ways. First of all, I don't define social media necessarily to getting on Instagram and Facebook. For me, anything and everything that you do or a voice that sort of portrays an image of you as a candidate is social media for me. So media could be, you know, I'm talking to someone and they're, they're providing a glowing, glowing recommendation of you. So for me, I think about social media in a lot of different aspects, but ultimately social media is really two things. It's an input and it's an output. So the a candidate, you, myself, whoever else, we consume social media and depending on what you consume, People don't realize that that will determine what comes out from you. 
And so social media can, you know, most people think about social media and about personal branding and how do I look online? And, and that's true. And that's really good. But again, I think those are table stakes. And I think that topic has been beaten to death. But I think social media, who you're connected to, who do you interact with on social media? How do you take an information through social media? tells me a lot about a candidate because it tells me where their focus is. It tells me, you know, like just for example, like my social media feed is built with personal development and leadership and connecting with people like yourself who can really help elevate my game, right? Other people connect to social media for, you know, entertainment or for whatever else. And I think there's some value in that, but ultimately what you take in from a social media perspective determines what you put out. And then there's just how you look on social media. And, you know, if your listeners and others haven't taken the time to really do an assessment of themselves on social media, and I don't mean themselves kind of looking at themselves on social media, but doing an assessment from like how do their friends and their family and their potential employers and other people see them and checking to see if that's congruent with what they portray on their resume nine times out of 10, they're not the same thing. That what someone's telling me on their resume is not the same thing that I see on social media. And we would be foolish to think that we're not, that, you know, recruiters aren't looking on social media at you. Of course. And you're exactly right about that, John. It is, we're just all knee deep in it, or maybe deeper than knee deep. (laughs) And we go up to our, you know what? And I'm curious as well, because you've touched upon uh, areas like you mentioned personal branding, which again has been well covered and oftentimes I think at a very surface level. Networking, which oftentimes we tend to think of that as it's networking events, or we think about that surface level on uh, social media as well of connections and friends and that sort of thing. What you're talking about here, and this is a little bit of a preview for what you're doing with Stand Out. Can talk a little bit about what the core needs from both sides of this equation, from job candidates and hiring organizations, where are the limits of a traditional view of personal branding, networking, and interview skills? It's a tricky question. I think, and this is just my humble opinion, but I, but I think that when you think about personal branding, there is just what, as you said, People are teaching on the surface level, right? You can Google personal branding and, you know, they tell you all about, you know, the what's on social media, how you look, how you dress, how you carry yourself, what image you like to portray and all that. And again, I will use this term over and over again, but to me, that's just the basics and that's the table stakes. I think personal branding goes well beyond that. Personal branding, when you think about just branding overall, personal branding is not how people think about you. It's how people feel about you. And it's really hard to get a feeling from social media or a feeling from a resume. And if people really focused on, and this is what standout's all about, is being different, is doing the things that other people aren't doing and, and going outside the norm. And while everyone else is focusing on branding from a thought perspective, personal branding is really feeling. Think about any company that you associate with personally, that you just love the brand. It's not what you think about that brand and the product. It's what you feel. And I think if candidates take personal branding to an emotional level, that emotion is what ultimately drives decisions. And that branding that happens, which, by the way, never stops. You know, people think that when you you interview and you're displaying your personal brand, you get the job and you're done. 
once you get on the job, you're interviewing and you're displaying, reinforcing your personal brand every single day because there's going to be the next job and then there's going to be the next project and that kind of thing. And I think it's really about that emotional connection to you. How do people feel about you? And I suspect you picked up a thing or two along the way about branding at Disney, who's pretty good at that. A lot of our listeners are in bigger companies, but a lot of them are also running smaller shops. They have a team. They are always bringing in talent or they're identifying younger people in on their teams and in the organization to have manager roles, to have increasing responsibility. I'm wondering, John, what have you found? And obviously you were part of you know, really big, sophisticated organizations when it came to not only finding talent, but making sure they didn't get lost in the shuffle or making sure that it wasn't just a standard onboarding process and everyone kind of knows the basics of, of what to do and which forms to fill out and that sort of thing, but really helping people to hone their skills, have visibility, find ways that they can make a difference and continue to contribute that future leader element that you talked about. What do you find to be good practices, whether your organization's large or small, of making sure that once you go through the effort to bring in that talent, that you get all of the contribution that you can? It really comes down that you just defined leadership in a nutshell, and you did it really well. I mean, it really is about uh, leadership and putting the talent in the right positions to succeed with the right people around them and then having the right leadership. I mean, leadership is, is an investment in other people. And you can't just expect that you're going to hire great talent, put them in the role, and they're built to thrive from day one. You have to keep investing in that talent, just like you invest in anything else in an organization. You're constantly investing in processes to improve them. You're constantly investing in machinery to keep it modern and up to date. You're constantly investing in the product or the service that you have or the experience you offer to make it better. But most people don't do that with their own employees and or they talk it, but they don't practice it. And I think it's just this constant reinvestment and that involves, you know, a lot of things that involves ongoing training and development and encouragement and support and stretching them and providing feedback at the right time. And I think it's that investment in people that ultimately drives the success of a company. And that's why no matter what leadership book or, or business success book or whatever you read, you read that it all starts with leadership. And that's why, because leadership drives employee satisfaction, engagement and performance and employee satisfaction, engagement, and performance drives the output from a company, which ultimately drives the value. And John, you, after all of this great experience and all of the things that you've done at two of the best-known organizations, not only in the U.S., but around the world, you are at a point now where you're going to create something brand new we can talk about now, uh, Standout, which there's a book that is now available. It's beyond just that. And uh, you and I have talked a bit about the vision for this, which is to take the things that you've learned and some areas, as we've just talked about here, that are open for opportunity. I think from both sides of this equation, again, for young professionals and for hiring organizations, those who really need the contributions of those future leaders. Let's start from the beginning, John, about what drove the idea behind Standout and talk a bit about the book and the community and the services 
around that that you're putting together now? This has been an idea or a dream or a vision or a purpose, whatever you want to call it, of mine for many years at, you know, as I see the challenges that we talked about before, which is so much talent, so much amazing wealth of abundance of knowledge and eagerness and the talent we talked about in young people, but they're just not ready and schools aren't equipped to teach them for this success after school. We all want to have some kind of a significance, contribution, impact, whatever you want to call it in the world. And I've always sort of like, what is mine? You know, it can't be being an executive with Disney or being a senior executive with Madison Square Garden. There has to be something more. And how are people going to remember me sort of a thing? And so, you know, you kind of look around and I said, there's, there's an opportunity here. And so I started small and just started talking to people, helping coach one-on-one, being a mentor, just giving my time. I started writing a book a couple of years ago, and now I've made the decision to walk away from a 20-plus year career that you talked about earlier, which we can talk about too, doing that, but just walking away from that career and all the money and titles and you know setting up for retirement and all that stuff to do this thing. And this thing is to put together a vision, a framework, training, a community, and a reward system that really helps people get ready on day one. And if we as a company, and the company is called Standout X, if we as a company, me and my team, if we can prepare young talent to come into the world and we can help them maximize what they have, grow faster, contribute more, you know, lead without a title, all these wonderful things, I can just imagine what they will go on to do. And so the hope is that they will, you know, we will, it's almost like we're coaching, right? We're coaching people to go out into the field of life and be, and be players and hopefully be all-stars and help solve some of the problems that are out there in the world. So that's kind of, it sounds like a grand lofty, you know, esoteric kind of vision or whatever, but that's really what it's about is preparing students, young professionals for success and to stand out early and often. Well, we have the tools these days, right, to actually create community and resources and do all of those grand lofty things, but in a very practical way. Mm -hmm. So the vision is strong. You and I have talked about this and there's clearly a need to build upon the good and, and address some of these gaps that we've talked about. John, let's start with the book. You said you were talking about the title, what it covers. You said you've been working on this for a while. So what is the book as the centerpiece of this growing practice, uh, this growing community? What does the book help people to understand and clarify and be able to do? Yeah, the book is called The Standout Experience, and it's essentially everything that you'd ever want to know to stand out in your career and in life. And it's taken from, you know, 20 plus years of my career where, you know, I've had a pretty successful career, but I've also spent, you know, years interviewing other people that's standing out, interviewing recruiters, interviewing and talking with leaders in different companies, reading books, you know, meeting people like yourself and others, going to workshops and seminars and, you know, talking with professors and the research and academic side, and basically taking all of that wealth of knowledge and condensing it into one book. The book does two things. The 
First is it's broken up into three chap into three sections. There's 12 chapters. It's broken up into three sections. And the three sections, I think, to me at least, are the basic human needs that we need to make it through this world. Clarity, simplicity, and certainty. And the more clear we are about who we are and where we're going and how to think, the more simplified we make all this um, you know, information that's out there and tell people exactly what they need to know. And then if they do certain things that creates that, you know, high, there's no certainties in life, but increase the probability for certainty or probability for success, then things are going to happen. So the book is written to help people stand out. And it's done in a way through these three core human needs. But what I really love about the book is it's a framework. And my company is called Standout X. And the actual framework, that's an acronym because the actual framework of the book is the S and the T and the A. And it's it's literally a playbook that I can hand to people and say, if you want to go from start to stand out as fast as possible, follow these steps in this order. Here's the things to do. Here's the things not to do. And I think it's going to be super helpful for people. I mean, there's a lot of wealth and information that's out there. And it's really hard for me to tell anybody, this is exactly what you should do, because I don't know you. I don't know your situation. I don't know what you're trying to do. What I can do is I can give you a framework for how to think about all this information out there. And be able to say, okay, so that's the playbook. That Those are the nine steps that I need to do. What I need to do as a reader or as one of your listeners or whatever else is I need to take that framework and make it mine. So if I'm really lacking in a certain area or I just, you know, I'm trying to do step eight, but I haven't even accomplished step two, what do I need to do? And I think the book really helps people kind of do that. I'm super excited about it. Like I said, I've been thinking about it for many years, actually working on it for the last two years, and I'm so glad it's here. And I still use the framework myself, and we can talk a little bit about my story, but that's I use that to kind of get from where I was to where I'm going, or where I am, and then I'm using it to where I'm going with this company. I'm so pumped about it. I got to tell you. I can tell. <laughs> Our listeners can tell, too, which is wonderful. I really appreciate the playbook approach. That's one that I follow and I find that that works for individuals. It works for teams. It's not a script. It's not anything that's laid out that hundred percent. This is, this is exactly the way it's going to be for you. But that structure, as you say, the does tend to clarify and it does tend to simplify and it gives you a touch point in other people around you in your community and on your team, a similar kind of touch point as well, because we know that consistency or at least relative consistency is so important for building your own credibility, for building your trustworthiness and for building performance over time. So I really do appreciate that framework. And I'll just say, listeners, at least it's been the experience of of this author with a first time book that sometimes the the framework, all the way from the title to how the book is organized and all, sometimes it changes during the course of actually writing the book. <laughs> and I'm curious, and you can combine this, John, with a bit of your own story and what drove you to it, but these needs for clarity, simplicity, and certainty, when you went into the process of writing the book, did you know that was the form it was going to take? Or is there a chance as you were writing it, that that itself clarified for you when you're thinking about your own story as well. I learned it along the way. So I 
knew that my sort of swim lane or the thing that I was most passionate about or most curious about actually was standing out. Like, why do certain people seem to have it, make it, get it done, and others don't? Why do certain moments stand out in in our lives and others don't? And so I always knew that standing out was sort of the, gosh, if I could just get people behind, because, you know, in this era of high performance and be your best and all, there's so much pressure to do it every single day, all the time. I know I struggled with that for years, as other people called me a high performer or whatever. But, you know, I found that there's only certain moments that really matter. And so how do you define those moments? And then how do you make the most of those moments? And so I, I went into the book with this idea of standing out. And then I went into the book with the idea of, I know some stuff and I've done a lot of research and all like I talked about, but I want to learn along the way. And so as I was writing, I learned and I gathered more information. I learned and I got about halfway through the book. And, you know, I was, it was sort of this combination of personal development and leadership. And then how do you, you know, make a difference or how do you sort of separate yourself from others? And I got about halfway through the book and I had this aha moment, which was the framework. And I ended up going back to the beginning and starting the rewriting process over. Now I was able to use some of the stuff I had already done, but I went back and just, I looked back at my own life and said, what did I do to go from where I was to where I am? And how do I do this in a way where readers can really get the most value out of it? And so I learned along the way. And I think a lot of your listeners have a dream, have an idea, have something they want to do, and they don't know where to start. I would just say my experience with this book is you just start because once you start, you do figure it out. And that's kind of what happened. So you asked real quick, you know, kind of, I'll just share real quick my story and we can dive into different parts of it if you want. But my career and where I started um, is a little different than others. I think everyone had cha- has challenges at some point in their life. Mine was early on and you know, through no fault of anybody else's, entirely my own. When I was a senior in high school, uh, I found myself homeless and I was living out of cars and I was living out of houses that were being built or sometimes I just, I wasn't even sleeping. I, there was a, I grew up in Northern Virginia outside of Washington, D.C. and there was like a, a set of railroad tracks out in Burke, Virginia that I used to I used to walk at night and occasionally I'd slip into like this little train depot sort of thing or whatever. But I was working at a restaurant, so I was able to, you know, it's just making out know, whatever the minimum wage back then was. But, and, you know, basically I was enough to kind of feed myself every now and then or I would, you know, work double shifts so I could just make the day pass. But basically I just didn't have a place to live and I lost that job and lost other jobs. I was a real mess. And so... I didn't, I barely graduated from high school. You know, I struggled with what am I going to do with my life? You know, where am I going to go? All those things I think everyone struggles with at some point and some probably still do. And I ended up making certain choices and decisions. And um, after failing out of school a number of times, trying to go back to community college, I finally just, I don't know what it was, but I started doing the things I needed to do. And I ended up Long story short, I ended up going to one of the top schools in the country. I graduated with honors, um, got a job at Disney as an intern, and I went from an intern to an executive in just over eight years. I mean, I just I flew through the ranks um, there in corporate America, and so you know, I kind of went from there. And so, what this book does is 
when I looked back and said, how did I do that? Like, I didn't know it at the time. But when if I look, take a step back, as we all do, we could take a step back in our life and say, how did I get from where I was to where I am to where I'm going? This is what worked for me. And it continues to work for me. And so that's what I put into the book with as much heart and, you know, knowledge that I have for in the hopes that it helps one other person at minimum. You're going to help a lot more than one person. (laughs) And your story is remarkable. And it's also one of those, and oftentimes people, whether they're just starting out or they just don't have access, they don't know that world and the the human frailties that we all we all have. They might look at senior corporate executives, big, huge brand names, and think, well, it must have just been all set up for them. Mm-hmm. It must have been uh, probably an easy path, and it's it's who you know, and and no, generally is not that way, and it's not easy, and it's not always predictable. And you do have those moments. And John, I appreciate you sharing that part. And I just, from what you're putting together with Standout X, I obviously it's it's targeted toward young professionals, people who are just getting their feet under them and they want to accelerate and they want to contribute. But I suspect there's a lot here for career changers or people who are into it a little bit and they just feel maybe they're stagnant. They haven't maybe found that that driving purpose, or they feel like they're being overlooked. And they really need to find some ways to be able to stand out regardless of age or stage. So I think there's just a lot here. Mm -hmm. If you could tell our listeners a bit about the book, The Standout Experience and website, other resources, how we can connect with you and keep track with how you're progressing with this whole experience. Before I I'll share just a touch on what you just said a little bit there. It, this isn't just for students and young professionals, although that's what the intention is and what the, you know, kind of the target is for the book. But it is for, like you said, it's for anyone who, it could be a, you know, stay at home mom who wants to go back into the working world. It could be for anyone that just needs a career change or whatever else. There's certain times in your life, and I did it twice where, you almost have to go all the way back to the beginning. Like if you want to make a change, you have to go back to the beginning. And I did, I went back and reinvented myself. And so, you know, as an example, standout X, the S starts with self. And I had to go back and think about who I was, what I liked, what I was good at, what did I want to do? And I did that twice. And one time I did it, I was already an executive with Disney and I had to go back and reinvent myself. And I think Right now, leaving corporate America and starting this company is sort of like a reinvention of myself as well. And so it's okay. And this book hopefully gives people that opportunity to do that. But I'd also say for anyone that's a parent or a hiring manager or a teacher, a career counselor, a leader, the book I think is great for them as well because how do you help a student, a young professional, a child or whatever else? How do you help them? get from good to great. And I think the book really helps them, you know, with the, here's the framework. Now take your experiences, take what you've learned, take your story and put them into this framework and use this framework to develop, you know, your child, your employee, whatever else. So I think the book has a lot of applicability to others, but you can get it on Amazon. It's out there and it's doing great. I'm super excited about it. So you can you can order on Amazon. There's an audio book that's, that's coming out as well, which you can get also through that. And then there's going to be a hardbound version that's coming out as well. I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn, John Walsh. 
And then I'm more on Instagram. That's kind of my social media platform. I think I like Instagram more. I sort of use Facebook as kind of my own personal, you know, keeping touch with friends and family and all. So Instagram is sort of my standout movement. But you, but you can find me there at John Walsh underscore standout. And so I'm out there and I, I post frameworks and ideas and I challenge you know people that follow me on social media. I challenge them to do certain standout things. I will compare and contrast a non-standout to a standout. Really, I want to get people thinking. And I want people, when they look at my social media or they read things on LinkedIn or whatever else, I want them to really think. I don't want them just to scroll and say, oh, hey, that's a cute quote or that's a nice picture or whatever. I really want them to think. And then more importantly, I want them to do something, right? And then come back for more and take this journey because standing out is a journey. It is something that you don't just do once, you do over and over and over and over again. And then you prepare for those moments. When those moments come, you're ready to go. And so that's kind of where everybody can find me and sort of follow along. John, this has been a great conversation. We have covered a lot and I'm excited. We will have, of course, all these links and resources in our show description. And I suspect we will want to have you back on the program uh, down the line as you continue to build out this, build out the journey of this experience. And we can talk about what's working and how people can continue to learn from your Standout X framework. So thank you again for being on the program. Jim, I really appreciate it. It was great connecting with you again. And I hope this was uh, helpful for people. And I would just also say real quick, I'm still on my journey too. I'm still on the Standout journey. I'm trying to become an expert here on this topic, but you know, I'm sure your listeners have a lot of great ideas as well. And I'd love for them to not only share it with me on social media, but share it with others who are following on social media, because I think we all have a responsibility and an ability to help other people stand out. So thank you very much. And I really enjoyed the time. Thanks to you for joining us here on the podcast, whether you are a returning message manager listener, or this is your first time in. This is a side project for me. My day job is as a consultant and speaker. So if you find it valuable, then I would really appreciate your five-star rating and review. That helps other professionals like you to find us. Even better, tell a friend directly. And I hope you continue to find ideas for honing your message, growing your base of messengers, and growing your business. You can dig in more deeply by reading or listening to my book, The Science of Customer Connections, Manage Your Message to Grow Your Business. You can find that wherever business books are sold, and you can even check out a free sampler on my website, jimcar.com. This is the time to get your team ready for their new everyday business conversations. You have several options for getting started. I put together a free five-step, one-page guide for managing your growth message. It's available for you to download from the website or from LinkedIn, or you may email me directly at jim at jimcar.com. I'll make sure you get a copy. My direct mobile number is also on the website. So let's talk. I have a number of message leadership and growth programs, which I deliver virtually and in person so that you and everyone around your business can likewise be comfortable and effective in their customer conversations in all of the ways that they will be happening in the coming months and years. Until next time, message managers, thanks for joining the conversation. Thanks for joining us on the Manage Your Message podcast with Jim Carr. You'll find show notes and other resources at manageyourmessagepodcast.com and jimcar.com. Please help us serve you. 
and other message managers by subscribing to, rating, and reviewing this podcast. And connect with Jim on LinkedIn and on Twitter at Jim Carr. Until next time, we hope your business message is shared well and often.